Welcome to the Olympic Coaching Podcast, where we take topics about health and fitness and all the research that is out there about them, and we make it practical for you so that you can level up your daily life. Hey guys, in today's episode of the Olympic Coaching Podcast, we're talking about something that's super interesting to me and hopefully to you. We're talking about metabolism today. So, man, this is a huge topic that has tons of experts, tons of gossip and misinformation about it. And so I just wanted to help you clear this up a little bit today um, with some concrete facts about it, but also just have some discussion or some real talk about some struggles that you may be having with it, uh, maybe some misperceptions you may have about metabolism, how to maintain a good metabolism throughout life and physical activity and trying to accomplish the fitness or physique goals that you want. So... First of all, why do people care about metabolism? Well, at the heart of it, people just want to look and feel good into old age. And often want to take whatever the easiest route is to get there. And there's definitely this perception out there that your metabolism does decrease with age. And I hope that you don't just accept this as um, sort of defeat. Like, oh, my metabolism is definitely going to decrease with age, so I might as well accept that I'm just going to be Um, a little bit heavier as I get older. I'm going to get a little thicker. I'm going to fill out a little bit and uh, I just won't be as good looking as I was whenever I was younger. That's just part of it. Uh, To a degree, that can be a little bit true, Um, but it's only true to an extent. It is true that after age 20, when we reach full development and maturity and basically we stop growing, our metabolism does decrease an average of 10% per decade. Uh, So, But that's not necessarily true for all, um, as it's often lifestyle-related. As we become more sedentary over our lifetime, we reduce our lean mass and we require less calories to maintain our bodies. Um, But for those who do continue to stay physically active and they um, intentionally take care of their bodies, that metabolism may not drop as much as 10% per decade. But it's different for every person. And yes, we definitely do get older and age does take effect eventually. And we all do get a little bit slower metabolism as we get older. But what makes our metabolism tick? Well, there's a, an equation that's called the energy balance equation, which basically is just your energy in minus your energy out equals plus or minus, you know, the energy that you either store or burn throughout that day. And so... Energy in is basically what you eat, uh, what you intake throughout the day, and the energy out is however much that your body burns at rest or during some sort of activity. Um, but ultimately, your body will burn 80% of all of its calories that it burns throughout the day at rest. This is called your basal metabolic rate or your resting metabolic rate. And 80% of calories, that's a lot. <laughs> that means the vast majority of the calories you burn throughout the day is going to happen while you're sitting on your butt. Um, not doing a thing. And so, I mean, it's super important to know like, okay, what's going to determine that resting metabolic rate? And really that's determined by your amount of lean mass and your genetics. And your lean mass is your muscle and bone mass. It can be a lot or a little. And it's also like, you know, relative to your amount of body weight, what percent of that is lean. And, uh, and so the amount of lean mass that you have will burn calories. Also, the thermic effect of food or the energy burned while digesting the food that you eat will go into that resting metabolic rate. Um, the physical activity you do 
And also, it's called NEAT, which is Non-Exercise Activity Thermogenesis. <laughs> okay, that's a big, uh, that's a big term for basically like whatever gets you up and moving throughout the day, whether it's cleaning the house, doing yard work, or uh, just moving around, running errands, doing things, uh, playing with your kids, or uh, walking from your car inside to another place. Um, that is your non-exercise. It's basically unorganized activity. You just do it naturally throughout your day. The more you do that, the more calories you burn. And so um, that's sort of the basics of what causes energy to go out, what determines your overall um, energy out, the calories you burn throughout the day. And as far as what you eat, well, that's not always as simple as just looking at a calorie label um, as far as like what actually goes into your body, what your body actually gets. Uh, because every body is different. Everyone's gut is different. Um, and not everyone absorbs exactly the same as the person next to them. And even as you look at the calories on a label, those may not be exact. They're often based more on averages, like the average size of a fruit or the average portion of something. But the ingredients vary widely, and the size of things varies widely. So you can't necessarily have an exact amount of calories and the amount that you absorb can depend on a whole bunch of things and so you can't necessarily uh, calculate your calories super easily and so what should we get from all that well basically it's not easy and it's often not really worth it to try to track your calories exactly um, but generally experts and even friends will tell us that simply eat less and move more is going to help us get the kind of body that we want whether that's lose weight or get stronger get in better shape and that's true to a degree, um, and it's a good start, but you can go too far with that. Um, so, like, for example, if you're trying to lose weight, and you've been through several cycles throughout your life of just trying to gain, or if you've been gaining weight and trying to lose some fat throughout your life, um, you're trying to lose some weight, then your body can begin to start treating food differently. Uh, for example, like someone who's been like 150 pounds our whole life compared to someone who has lost weight and dieted down to 150 pounds are going to have different amounts of calories that they need to eat to maintain that weight. The person who's been that way their whole life will end up being able to eat more calories than the person who um, dieted down to that because your body sort of gets used to whatever is normal and when you have to reduce that, when you have to diet down, then it's it adapts to require less calories to maintain that weight and so ultimately that person ends up not being able to eat as much as a person who's been that weight their whole life kind of crazy right um but because of that when whenever you're dieting down when you eat less you often end up doing less subconsciously and that's a subconscious decision by your brain to preserve your body so it doesn't look like it's uh your body wants to give up its energy stores or its fat stores that easily. Once it puts it there, it likes to keep it there, like renting out a storage unit. Um, but when you eat more, your energy output will often go up, which is, can be crazy. You know, like some people will try to diet so much, so extremely, that their body ends up hanging on to everything and just won't let go of it. It becomes harder and harder to lose that weight because the body is actually adapting to lower its metabolism. It's responding to that stress like, oh no, we're in a starvation period. I need to try to save myself. Uh, whereas if you eat more, your metabolism is going to go up. And if you match that with physical activity, it's going to actually 
increase your metabolism. You can end up losing the fat that you want to. When you eat less and less and less, it increases your stress hormones and even your hunger hormones. And you can often lead to uh, eating more or even binging, which ultimately it could end up causing you to eat more calories and slowing down the weight loss process. Um, I also wanted to hit on like over-exercise. So I see this a lot um, in the gym space where people are like, all right, I'm determined to get in shape. I'm going to show up here every single day, like six, sometimes seven days a week, like never miss a day. And they're just super determined, but they just keep plateauing. They're not really making a lot of progress and they don't know why. Um, the reason this happens is because over-exercise can cause a stress response and hormonally your body ends up slowing down its metabolism. Your body works hard to absorb everything you can get from the food that you eat. And you may even struggle with sort of like, oh, I did my workout so I can reward myself. You end up eating more calories than you need to actually get the body that you want. And so you may have experienced this um, if you're taking zero days off and you're not making any progress. Uh, But also I should mention that weight loss or body recomposition may be easier for some than others. Like every body is different. There's different body types. Like some people are just naturally skinny and it's really hard for them to put on weight. Um, and this, it's a genetic thing, but also it's just like you, people with a skinny body type often have a, a low appetite. They struggle to eat enough to put on any kind of muscle mass. It takes a really focused effort. Or some guys just put on muscle and lean down really easily whenever they focus on it. And some people, their body seems like it doesn't want to let go of fat. It wants to store it more easily. And so uh, that can take, you know, different approaches with nutrition and, and exercise. And there's lots of different obstacles outside of just our nutrition and exercise also that can really make it difficult for us to uh, diet well and affect our met- metabolism. Uh, such as like if there's a lot of work or family stress, um, or life stress that you're dealing with, that can cause a stress response also that slows down your metabolism in order to try to save itself, to protect itself. It's sort of a survival instinct that our body has. But don't let this depress you. Uh, maybe some of these things really struck you. Uh, maybe you're experiencing some of these things. But fear not. Uh, so I want to give you a few basic practical things that you can do to help increase your metabolism, to help affect your metabolism in a healthy way. Um, and so I got eight things I wanted to help give you today. So the first thing is eat enough protein. Why do we need protein? Well, protein is really the building blocks of life. Like every single structure in your body from big to tiny microscopic is built up with protein. And so whether that's hormones or body structures and enzymes for digestion, everything is made with protein. So the size of a portion of protein, I like to use the palm of, of your hand. And everyone's hand is a little bit different size. And so whatever the size of your palm is, you know, minus your fingers, is about one portion for you. Typically, men need about two portions per meal and women need about one per meal. And based on your activity, you might want to increase that one or two throughout the day. Put this on your plate first and then fill in the rest. A high, higher protein diet has yet to be proven to be uh, detrimental to health in any way because it really helps you maintain a lot of normal body processes and the lean mass that your body needs to stay healthy and feel good and vibrant. Uh, number two, get a wide variety of fruits and vegetables. 
and quality carbs and fats. So this is just the rest of the stuff that you fill into your plate. You want minimally processed, high quality fruits and vegetables. Uh, this is the whole food, not the canned stuff and not the pureed stuff, not the over the buy it raw. Um, quality carbs means it's going to be more whole grain. It's going to be um, maybe even like the dried grains that you have to cook or soak, things like that. Or fats, you want to have the whole nuts and seeds or the uh, extra virgin olive oil, things that are less processed. It's not going to be something you can cook with that like, extremely high heat and fry stuff with. Those fats are processed in such a way as it uh, can negatively affect your body and mess with your hunger hormones and mess with uh, your fat stores. And so healthy fats are going to be ones that are more of the extra virgin type, ones that are cold pressed, um, ones that have maybe even are stored in a, a dark bottle, a dark glass bottle, or have a shorter shelf life. And so number three would be focus on eating to satisfied. So this takes slowing down and just being more aware of what you're eating, how fast you're eating. I mean, I'd suggest like taking around 15 minutes to finish your meal. What that does is it allows your your body and your mind and your hormones to catch up with how much you're eating. So it'll let you know, okay, whenever I'm satisfied, not whenever I'm stuffed, but whenever I'm satisfied, I feel like the hunger sensation isn't there anymore, I can stop. If you notice five, 10 minutes later that you're not quite full yet, then yeah, eat a little bit more. Uh, but slowing down and removing distractions is going to help you be more aware of your hunger and it's going to let your body tell you what you need instead of just snarfing it down and eating too much. Number four, when you hit plateaus or sticking points in progress, play around with the amount that you eat. And I wouldn't say go extreme and like cut out a ton of thing or an entire food group or something, but I'd say just decrease one or two portions of something. Um, I would keep protein the same, but maybe decrease your carbs a little bit, your breads or your potatoes, or your fruits or your grains. Uh, decrease that one or two portions throughout each day. Or maybe you decrease your fats a little bit. If you notice you're using a lot of nuts or oils in your cooking, decrease that a couple of portions. And then test that for at least two weeks to see if you discover a noticeable change. Maybe you feel better energy. Maybe you feel you notice that you've lost some weight. You look better in the mirror. But play with it just a little bit at a time and don't get too extreme with it so that your body can really adjust and you can see a noticeable change. Number five, understand that less is more with training. To get the most out of your workouts, the average person should train no more than five days a week with moderate to high intensity workouts. That's going to be enough physical activity for you, um, especially if you're doing any kind of high intensity exercise or really heavy resistance training or something like that. Um, more than five days a week, it's going to actually decrease the intensity you're able to give because you're, you may be sore, you may be stiff, um, your body hasn't been able to recover enough. And so it's going to decrease the intensity. You're not going to get as much out of the workout as you can. So five days a week is good. Unless you're a professional athlete, you don't have anything else to do all day. You have uh, the only other focuses you have is to sleep and recover and eat well. Um, you can take naps throughout the day. <laughs> if you're a pro athlete, then you have that luxury. Yeah, work out you know, two or three times a day if you can and really balance your program. But for the average person, five days a week is enough. And outside of that, do as much of that non-exercise 
activity thermogenesis, that neat exercise, that non-planned exercise, that activity. Uh, you know, park further away from wherever you're going. And so you walk a little extra, get up around the house and, and clean the house and, and get active. Get outside and, and uh, play some sport or get outside and play with your kids or go on a walk with a friend, uh, a casual walk, you know. Uh, little things add up. You know, take the stairs instead of the elevator. Those things add up to get you more of overall activity throughout the day, more movement. Uh, and mix up your training with, you know, intense resistance training or interval training or cardio type training. This keeps your body stimulated and adapting. So that's keeping your metabolism high and working hard um, so that, man, you're able to eat well, you're able to feed yourself well, and you're able to get in the kind of shape that you want. If you do the exact same kind of exercise all the time, the same volume, the same load, the same time and intensity, then your body gets used to that eventually, and you need to change it up to keep making some change. Number six, understand that body change is a process. It can be complex, and it takes patience. Um, You have to learn your own body. Everyone's body is different. You have to learn your external obstacles. You know, what, what stuff in your family, or your personal life, your work life is really holding you back. Whenever you're first starting out with some sort of weight loss program or body change, it's, it's realistic to aim for, you know, half a pound to a pound a week of change uh, or some inch loss initially. But there's many factors that can affect that, you know. It could be external factors of life and work. Um, it could be the holidays. It could be... You know, a numerous amount of obstacles. So have some grace with yourself um, and trust that it's a process and it's a journey. And uh, so that leads into number seven, you know, develop a good sleep routine. Uh, this is super important. We can talk about this on and on. The lack of sleep can really slow down your metabolism because it causes this stress response. And if you're chronically stressed from the lack of sleep of getting less than seven, eight hours a night, then your body can end up slowing its metabolism down and you retain weight easier. You don't lose weight as, as well. Simply by getting a better s- sleep routine, you might even notice that you start losing weight and you feel better. You have more energy for activity because your body is getting the time it needs to recover and adapt. And number eight is just have some self-compassion. You know, fitness is a journey. And even though our metabolism will decrease an extent over time with age, there's a lot we can do to help minimize that or slow it down. And if we have the social support and the help we can do that, then, man, this whole energy balance and metabolism equation of, you know, like the amount of activity we do balanced with the amount that we eat and having quality foods and all that, it becomes less complicated because we're just trusting the process. We're taking it one day at a time, working on the habits and behaviors that we need to do to accomplish that. And so I hope that uh, today's episode helped you understand metabolism a little bit more how it can be super complicated but some simple applications can really help you to uh, maintain a good metabolism to stay active to be as healthy and as active to look good feel good throughout your lifetime and so you know pick one thing i encourage you to pick one thing from this episode one practical application of something that you could work on today or this week to give it a shot you know see if you practice this and see if you notice a change And so think about that. Think about what you want to take away from this episode and give me any feedback. Give me suggestions of what uh, more I can talk about, how I can make this better and create your experience to be better. And yeah, give us a rating. Give me a shout out um, and I'll catch you guys on the next one.